Good morning, everybody. It is Memorial Day weekend. We're going to go ahead and get our service started. We're going to have a great time of worship today. And I know it's Memorial Day weekend, and I know that's everybody's long weekend. They try to squeeze in that break. But you know what? We are here on an assignment today. We are here to bless the Lord first because he is our central focus. But we are also here to fellowship with one another. We're going to have a transitional service. I want to welcome Bishop Greg Amos and Ms. Tamara Amos here with us today to oversee that. We're also going to have a baby dedication today. And we're also going to honor our graduates today. So we were going to have a baptismal service following, but uh, I happened to go back and check after me and uh, Pastor Josiah and I had filled the baptistry and there was a little leak dripping right near an electrical box. And I was like, you know, we're not going to do that. Just to be on the safe side. I don't like those, those pastors making the news because they get shocked in baptistries. And I'm like, I am not going to do that myself. So we're going to reschedule that, Pastor Josiah. We have not canceled it. We are postponing it. Pastor Josiah and myself will line up our schedules and our calendar so I can come back because several of you had, had asked that I baptize you and that will be an honor for me to be a part of that, all right? So we want to welcome everybody that is online today and everybody that's on campus. So y'all just look around in here and just welcome somebody, point at them till you get their attention. Let them know you're glad to see them today. And then I want you to put your hands together and let the online congregation, you're not an audience, you're not spectating, we expect you to jump in with us. It's our online campus, folks. We're glad you're with us as well. And you will see Pastor Teresa McCurry interacting and engaging with you on Facebook. Some of you may be on YouTube. Some of you may be on Roku or on our website. Doesn't matter where. But if you're on Facebook, Pastor Teresa McCurry is our online campus pastor. So she's going to be interacting and engaging with you. If you have any prayer requests, you can send that to her in a private message and we promise we'll keep that confidential and a select group of folks will be praying for that, okay? So we're glad you're here. I'm excited to be here. Anybody else? All right, let's make our faith statement. I want you with me and I want you to take a deep breath and I want you to shout it out like you mean it today. Here we go. We are sword Worship and just present your offering. 
your tithes to the Lord. That'll be a great time to do it. You can do so online. Uh, what else? You can come by here during the office from 9 to 1 during the week, Monday through Friday, and drop it off, or you can put it in the mail, 2606 Emanuel Church Road. But we're going to make our confession over our, over our giving today. As we receive today's offering, we are believing the Lord for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales, and commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interests and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses decreased, blessing and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, we bless the Lord today. Glory to God. So there's the three ways to give. I forgot that slide was in there. That's on me. Thank you. There you go. So, Father God, today we honor you. We bless your name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. God, today as we celebrate Memorial Day weekend, we thank you for the men and women who gave the utmost price of their own life so that we could have the freedom and the liberty to do what we are doing right this very moment across America. And that's gathering in churches to worship and pray with the liberties and the freedom that our forefathers envisioned. So, Lord, we thank you for the memory of those men and women. And as we take a moment later in the service, we will acknowledge them again. But today we thank you. Lord, give us, our families, and our friends traveling mercies today, as many of them may be traveling back and forth on little mini vacations. Lord, be with us. But wherever we go, let the anointing of the Holy Spirit rest on us to expand the kingdom of God and to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Thank you today for the cross. Thank you for the blood that was shed. Thank you for the life that was given and the price that was paid for our salvation through the Lamb of God, Lord Father God, your Son and our Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Let's worship him today. Come on, you ready to worship Jesus? Come on. Come on to praise him. We only need to say who he is. Who is he to you today? Come on, he's our healer, our master, our savior. He is so good.
worship that name.
praise Him when things are going good. But when you don't understand, come on, you got to do it. I count. And I count on one thing. The same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now. You go away. The same God who's never made is working. working all things out. 
You know what? I am so glad that way, way back, Pastor Betty, July the 8th, I believe it was, on a Sunday night in 1984 in Northview Pentecostal Holiness Church, a little mean, cantankerous, sneaky, skinny then, cussing, fussing, fighting, redneck boy from McCall, South Carolina, went over to Laurenburg, North Carolina to take the preacher's daughter out after church for pizza. But boy, God had another plan. And as the Spirit of the Lord invaded that place, Max and Burris came and stood in front of me and began begging me to come and give my life to the Lord. Other people surrounded me. The youth group surrounded me. I was pinned in. And I kept saying, nope, nope, nope. And the more they talked, the tighter I gripped on that pew. But I am so glad that the Holy Spirit dealt with my heart. And I'm so glad when the Holy Spirit told them to go witness to Tim Hodge, they said, yes, I will. And I am even more glad that on that night, Kenny and Elaine, I said to Jesus, yes, I will. And here I am all these years later, and I'm still saying it's just that simple. Yes, I will. Amen. So, Lord, we thank you today for your great goodness, your mercy and your grace, your providence, your provision, your dominance and your care, your protection over us. And we thank you today that as we submit daily and say to you, yes, I will, that you're working all things out for our good. We know, K-N-O-W that, not hope, not assume. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God and those that are called according to his purpose. And Lord, we thank you today for allowing us to be a part of your family, inviting us in, adopting us, allowing us the privilege to call you Father and to be in the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, now I want you to just find somebody who hasn't spoken to you yet. Don't get out of your seat due to COVID protocol, but I need you to wave at somebody until they see you waving at them, and I need you to just tell them that you love them, alright? Just say that, mouth it to them. Now, I mentioned earlier we've got uh, Bishop Amos and his wife, Miss Tamara. I failed to mention my good friend Doug Jolly is with us today, and, and you can say, well, Pastor Tim's got a friend here. That's great. Now, Doug has been, Doug, where were you at out? Where were you at making your Phoenix. He was in Phoenix making bukus of videos for his business. He's had, he was messaging me this week, all the stuff he was doing back to back. He's just had an excruciating schedule. I got tired just list, just reading what he said he was doing. But uh, y'all show Doug some love today. It's quite an honor to have him with us today. And uh, Doug is very sensitive to the Spirit of the Lord, has a strong prophetic gift about him. So, Doug, if any time today, uh, I'll be up here at the end of the service. If the Lord gives you a word for anybody or anything, we will open the door for the Holy Spirit to share that. Amen. All right. So, now what we're going to do at this point is we're going to do our announcement video. And Miss Bethany has worked that video. So, we have a regular Crossroads stuff. But there's a Memorial Day video in with that. 
So at the conclusion of that video, I'm going to come back up here and I am going to request from you that we pray over the families of folks that have lost loved ones, that have paid the ultimate price, and we're going to have a moment of silence in honor of Memorial Day, okay? So those of you online, stay watching that screen. Those of you in here, give your attention to the screens.
It has been said that courage is not the absence of fear, but it's the strength to stand in the presence of fear. Today, we thank God for the men and women who have paid the ultimate price again so that we could have the freedom and the liberties that we have in this great, great, great United States of America. <clears throat> that in spite of where we are, all of our flaws, all of the things that we have that we could look at as negatives in this country. And folks, as a person that's been around the world, let me tell you, every time I land back on the soil of the United States of America, I literally have the impulse, especially after some countries, Venezuela, Romania, to get out and to just get on the tarmac and kiss the dirt and say, God, thank you for the United States of America. Thank you for the freedom and the liberties that we have. Though those freedom and li freedoms and liberties may often be abused to us, they are still to be treasured. Even more so because of the men and women that paid the price so that we might have those freedom, freedoms, plural, and liberties. So if you would, I would ask you to bow your head with me for just a moment and let's have just a moment of silence in honor of those who have given. Holy God, today... In this country right now, we have moms, dads, grandmothers, grandfathers, wives, husbands, sons and daughters, siblings, nieces and nephews, aunts and uncles that has someone in their lives, in their families, that has paid the price in serving the military of this nation to preserve our freedoms and our liberties. And there are people in this room right now that have served, have served in wartime and have memories of friends that paid that price. And God, over all of these, I pray the comfort of the Holy Spirit because it never goes away. And some say time heals all wounds. That is not always the truth. But you are a healer and you can bind up the brokenhearted. So, Lord, today as we pause to thank you and to give thanks for the memory of those who have paid such a great sacrifice, Lord, we remember their family and their friends who remain. Be real to them today, I pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I say thank you for the United States of America. And though it may have been said in earnest in times past and more flippantly in current times, but I will utter these words, God bless America. Would you shout that with me? God bless America. Amen. If you love this country, let's give God some thanks for it, all right? All right, at this time, I would like for you to stand to your feet and let's give honor to where honors do. Put your hands together and let's welcome our bishop, Bishop Greg Amos, with us today. And Miss Tim.
Good morning. You can be seated. It is a real honor for us to be here today. God is working in ways we don't even understand. How many of you have lost loved ones? The Holy Spirit shared with me regarding one in particular for us. That he's speaking to him in ways we don't even know. I mean, we know when you served in nursery or you served in Sunday school or you taught classes or as parents you put the word of God into them, you did an eternal thing. Because the world may pass away. That word ain't going nowhere, pardon my French. It's still alive in there. It may seem dormant, but as you work with children or your own children and you put the word of God in them, that's going to pay benefits somewhere down the road. Amen? What a great day. I, when you get into an atmosphere of worship, man, things just start boiling up in you. While we were singing, I couldn't help but think. We said he's the glory and the lifter of our head. He's the glory and the lifter of our head. Sometimes in life we get surrounded by circumstances and things that happen in life that we don't understand. And here's the normal tendency of most of us. And before you know it, the enemy's got voices all around you. You're just surrounded with voices. You're not going to make it. You You didn't do this right. God's not going to use you. But how many of you know the God of heaven? is the glory and like a father the lifter of our head and in other places it says and he'll raise your head up above your enemies all around you so that you can see on the other side there's more for us and there's more against us amen don't go by what it looks like it's an honor to be here with you on this special day um, Pastor Tim and I, I guess, got to know each other best playing tennis when he was pastoring in Rockingham, North Carolina, as was I. And we had uh, a couple guys from our churches that played with us. We played doubles because we couldn't run that far. <laughs> we were young. Then. That's right. We were young. But um, we had a good time and churches praying together and doing things together. I know last Sunday was y'all's Sunday, but I want to say something to you and Pastor Kim. Thank you for your tremendous service. Thank you for being faithful in the small, the little, and the many. I don't know of many people that have the heart of service and servanthood that you do. It's refreshing always, and I've worked with you on conference level and still do, a co-pastor in town, things like that. But I really sincerely appreciate your, your both hearts of service. You care about your sheep, and on Facebook you say, smelling like sheep, and I love it, because you are. Thank you for all that you've done here at this church, and God bless you for the season that you're about to go into. 
I believe God's just up to something both ways. So would you let your pastor and his wife know? Not only that, you've prepared another generation. And um, I'm going to ask Josiah and your wife had to step out. Okay. Yeah, blame it on the baby all you can, but <laughs> good to see you today. It is an honor to be able to present what I'm about to present to you today. When a man or woman is called of God, that's the first step and the most important step. There's no need to get credentials unless you're called of God. Because the, affirm- the, the whole process of getting credentials is about affirmation of that call. Your church, your pastor, and others have verified they agree with that call. They recognize that call. Part of what we do is the background checks and some other things to verify that all that's safe and you're a good shepherd to protect your sheep. But that local church has a lot to say about the credentialing process. You're getting a local church minister's license today. Attached to it is your identity card. As you know, that's the first step regarding us. You can pastor with that, which you're going to do. But I encourage you, and I know you've been encouraged, to move on to the other levels over that time. There's a reason the Bible says, know those who labor among you. And that word know in Greek means know by experience. In other words, you don't put a fly-by-night candidate into a church. You've got to know them. And this is our affirmation. Hello, Serena. (laughs) Upon the authority invested in me and working with your local church leadership, Josiah Neil Hodge, I want to present to you your license, minister's license for the local church. Look forward to when we can present the other ones too. But that's enough to get you going. You can't marry anybody. I mean, you're already married. married. Exactly. Now that one down. <laughs> That's your story and you sticking to it. Yeah. Right? But you know all about that yes, until sir. you get your license. But uh, you certainly are at liberty to pastor a church. And we look forward to God doing great things in the midst of that. Pastor Tim and Kim, would y'all come up and join us, please? Now, that opens the door to this. Matter of fact, why don't y'all come and stand right here in front of me, if you will, both of you. I'm going to give a charge to you as pastor and co-laborer with him. As an ambassador of Christ, you are to preach and teach the pure doctrine of God's word. Administer the sacraments according to Christ's institution. Instruct the young in the way of salvation. Counsel the inquiring, strengthen the weak, 
seek the lost and reclaim the strayed, comfort the sorrowing, care for the needy, visit the sick, minister to the dying, and pray for the spiritual welfare of every soul under your care. And if that's not a big enough job description, <laughs> you are to devote yourself to the meditation and study of the scriptures and carry out your duties in conformity with the word of God. You and your family are to be an example to others in godliness and Christian living, putting no stumbling block in anyone's path so that the ministry will not be discredited. The Apostle Paul says, there is a, here is a truth, truth, trustworthy saying, if anyone sets his heart on being an overseer, he desires a noble task. Now, the overseer must be above reproach, the husband of but one wife, and you, you clarified that a while ago. <laughs> Temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, no, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him with proper respect. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Keep your head in all situations. Don't react. Act. That makes sense? Uh, endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Do you in the presence of God in this congregation solemnly pledge to serve the congregation in the best of your ability? Do you commit to support and work in cooperation with the International Pentecostalist Church to seek the advancement of the kingdom of God? Like our Lord, do you determine to be a good minister of Jesus Christ, remembering that you have come not to be served but to serve and to keep yourself in the devotion to your high calling, to practice daily the faith you profess, to administer the ordinances in purity, proclaim the truth with love, and endeavor to lead this people in the ways of Christ the Lord under the direction of the Holy Spirit. Yes, now, church, I want your ears for this. This is a charge to you as a church. You've heard the solemn promise, receive it not as the word of men, but what the word of God expects of you as members of this flock. Listen eagerly to his preaching of the word, receiving it not as a word of men, but the word of God. Take to heart his scriptural words of warning and encouragement, humbly accepting the word planted in you. Work together with him for our Lord's kingdom so that by your works of service the body of Christ might be built up. Honor him and love him. The Apostle Paul says, hold him in the highest regard in love because of their work. Pray for him continually that his ministry among you may be greatly blessed. And if you agree to do that as a church, would you say amen? Amen. 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 I had a thought regarding the head in the scriptures. We know that Jesus Christ is the head of the church. But there are microcosms called local churches that reflect the same layout, the body, joints fitting together, all that. When you're regarding the head of the church, the local church, which is your pastor along with your leadership, 
You can do two things to the head that have come to my mind. One is you can take ashes and put on the head and put the whole body in mourning. Ashes are the results of burned past. Does that make sense? So if you put ashes on the head, you put the whole body in mourning. Or you can put oil on the head. And it runs all over the body. The anointing will flow from the head to the feet. That's just the way God set it up. Pastor Tim, would you like to say what you need to say and pray? Well, Bishop, just confirmation of what you were just saying about the head. That's what I was going to pray over them. Christ is the head of the church, but you will serve him as the head of this church. Absolutely. Twelve and a half years ago, Bishop Jesse Simmons gave me this gavel. When he surrendered this church to my care, of which he had so lovingly labored and served in for eight years. And now Pastor Josiah Hodge, Josiah Neil Hodge, Timothy Neil Hodge Jr. on the inside, (laughs) you are the head of this church. And all of those charges that Bishop gave you to lovingly lead it, to guide it with mercy, with grace, with wisdom, going to release this as a sign of authority not just with man but authority that is given from heaven itself that when you speak you're not just speaking as Josiah Hodge anymore you're speaking as Pastor Josiah Hodge a man with a fresh and new anointing for a new season upon his life that when you speak strongholds will tremble and crumble for you will speak with authority that you've never had before. So Father God, today over Josiah and Serena, Lord, I bless them, not just as my kids. Thank you, Lord. Because we don't have in-laws in the Hodge house. We have in love. So Serena is like my flesh and blood daughter. Josiah is my flesh and blood. Today, Lord God, I thank you for their hunger, their heart, and their passion for the gospel, for people, for the church of Jesus, bigger than just this local church, bigger than even a denomination, the church, the called out of God in the earth. So, Lord, today, as we function and we flow in the local church and we function and we flow within our denomination, Lord God, we pray that a fresh anointing would rest on Josiah upon those that surround him, the executive council here at Crossroads, the executive staff, wonderful, wonderful people that we have served with for years that have a heart for God. They love God and they love people. And we thank you for birthing that inside of them. 
So, Lord, I pray today you give Josiah an anointing of wisdom, yeah. an anointing of knowledge, an anointing of understanding that is greater than anything he has ever yeah. dreamt of yeah. or experienced before. And we pray that in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Josiah, it is my honor and privilege to now pronounce you husband in church. <laughs> no, to, to install you as the pastor. And I pray God's blessings on you, the church, your family, your leadership around you. And uh, may the blessings just flow. May you and your dad have phone calls where you're both just excited about the sound of praise of what God's doing. In both places. Hallelujah. Amen. Would you turn around? Would you folks welcome the new pastor and his wife? Say it backwards, y'all. I, I think we'll keep that one. I, I think we'll keep that one going. Right, Pastor Tim? Wow. What an honor. Who would have thought when we moved here 12 and a half years ago, 12 and a half years later, I'd be the pastor here? Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well, guys, before we ever even got to the point of having conversations with the council, with them approaching me about being senior pastor, I was praying, God, if, if this is your will, go ahead and start giving me words of wisdom. Go ahead and start guiding me in the way you would have me go. Give me thoughts that I knew weren't my thoughts and ideas that I knew were not my ideas. And he started working early on. For example, Pastor Charlie Sharp, all right? I never, never in a million years would I have thought that on my own. But God, the Holy Spirit gave me that idea, and I believe that is an amazing thing. And I believe that's confirmation that the Holy Spirit's already working in this transition, and he's already preparing the way for growth and for the things to come in this next season. And I was praying, God, what, what needs to be the focus for this, this upcoming? And anyone in Uncommon Group would know that SSU has been our theme. They're smiling back there because they know it's true, all right? This is what the Holy Spirit laid in my heart for what Crossroads needs to actively do going into the next season. We need to seek the kingdom of God deeper. We need to go below the surface level Christianity that has infected America. and We need to go deeper. We need to actively use our spiritual gifts. But first, we must know and understand what they are. All right. And thirdly, we have to intentionally seek unity within the body of Christ. So we, we grow deeper and stronger and closer together so we are able to serve the Lord in a new way. And whenever I was praying in God, what, what do you want for this season? This is what he laid on my heart. Crossroads battle plan for the next six months leading into the year 2022. 
Everything that we will be teaching and preaching, me and Pastor Charlie together, will be focusing and preparing crossroads for the next season coming in 2022 because we cannot be expectant for growth, expectant for the things of the kingdom if we do not prepare to usher them in. So these next six months will be our battle plan, and we're going to dive into the deeper things of God, understanding spiritual warfare, using our spiritual gifts, being empowered by the Holy Spirit. I don't know about anybody, but I want to see a lot of Holy Spirit baptism in the IPHC again within this church to see divine healings take place. Miracles. I'm believing these things because the spiritual gifts never went away. That is, that is a deception of the enemy that the spiritual gifts went away with the apostles. That is not true. So in this church, I'm expecting the next six months to see people walking in spiritual gifts you never even imagined that you had. People prophesying and speaking in tongues and laying out of hands and miracles taking place. And you are going to be mind blown by the power of God working through the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen? Amen? So I, I just want to share three small passages that the Holy Spirit laid on my heart. And the first one is really the emphasis of my heart in ministry. It's Psalm 127.1. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. So what does that tell us? Without the Lord, it's all in vain. We could build a megachurch. Crossroads could become multi-campus with thousands of people. But if the Holy Spirit isn't in it, it's just a big social club. There's no transformative power. We see people claiming to be Christians, but living in the same lifestyle they were before they walked in the church. So for Crossroads, what am I expecting? What am I expecting? That the Lord is going to build this house. That the Lord is going to build this ministry, and the Lord will sustain this ministry. It's not about a personality. It's not about a face. It's not about even about a legacy. It's about the Holy Spirit being in this church with his people, working in power. And, you know, I want you guys to turn with me to the next passage. It's Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to start in verse 16 and finish up the chapter. Because, guys, without the Holy Spirit, we have no power. We see a church in America who has grieved and neglected the Holy Spirit, and that's why we see a church without power. Galatians 15, starting in verse 16. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. So what does that tell us already? There's a war happening even within your mortal body. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. What does that tell us? The Holy Spirit saves us and holds us back from the stupid things we want to do that drag us further to the grave, further in sin. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law, therefore you are not condemned. Now the works of the flesh are very evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, self-ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, reveries, and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in the past, that those who practice such things have not inherited the kingdom of God. I don't care if you're in the church. If you are practicing these, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's what the word says. So we're going to follow the Holy Spirit. We've got to follow everything he says. Here we go. But this is, this is really what I want to get to right here, the last couple of verses. But the fruit of the Spirit, and this is what I long to see every single one of you walking in. Love, joy, peace, 
long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things there is no law. But y'all, here we are. And those who are Christ have been crucified, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. So the first two things we can already say, what does Pastor Josiah want for this ministry? He wants it to be fully reliant on God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Because only the Lord can sustain and build this ministry. Amen? Second off, what do I long to see? This church walking in step with the Holy Spirit. When he says move, what do we do? When he says stop, what do we do? When he says run, what do we do? And we keep in step with the Holy Spirit. And we follow him in the ways and the things of the Lord, which his ways are higher than our ways. Amen? His plans are higher than our plans, so we keep in step with the Holy Spirit. All right, last passage. Ephesians chapter 3. Starting in verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Are we a family? Amen? That he would grant you according to the riches. Y'all, here we are. Here we are. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in your inner man. Power through his spirit. So thirdly, what what does Pastor Josiah want for this ministry? That we would be empowered and filled with the Holy Spirit to work wonders and miracles in the sight of man, inside of the lost, to prophesy. What does scripture say? What's going to happen if you prophesy in front of those who are lost? They're going to be, they're going to be mind blown. What is this? What is this power that you speak with? How did you know everything about me? How did you read my mail? That sounds familiar, right? I think Jesus showed us an example of that. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. Grounded and rooted in what? Love. Love, May be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. And what did I say the first thing we have to do is? We have to go deeper. We have to go deeper. We have to seek the kingdom deeper. So what, what, what is his prayer saying for all the saints? may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height of God. To understand the deeper things of God. To know the love of Christ which passes all knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Fooled with all the fullness. Sorry. Fooled. Filled. I can't speak. With all the fullness of God. All of the above, right? But guys, that is what I want to see for this ministry. Right, and some humor and some laughter because we're just, we're normal people, right? No one needs to be scared of us. We can have fun and laugh at ourselves. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're, we're, we're not too holy roller to be able to laugh at ourselves a little bit, right? We can slip up and laugh about it. But this, this is what I want to see. I want to see real life people, real life people following the real one and only God in the power of the Holy Spirit to rock this community. Because many of you know, I originally thought I was going to be a missionary. That, I literally went to school for intercultural studies, got a degree in it. I thought I was going to be a missionary. That switched, but my heart for missions is still here. Not just global, not just global, but local ministry. And I'm believing God, I'm speaking prophetically, that we will see this community radically transformed with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen.
Well, sounds like God has a plan for Crossroads ready to move forward. I want to uh, invite my friend, Mr. Doug Jolly, up. Uh, he says he has a word from the Lord that he wants to share with you guys. So uh, let's give our ear to what the Spirit of the Lord would say. Y'all give Doug some love while he's coming up here. Josiah, you're already stealing my thunder, brother. <laughs> To properly set the stage of what God has shown me this morning, I have to share with you what two weeks ago, God woke me up at 5.30 on Sunday morning, two weeks ago, that I shared with Pastor Tim, Pastor Kim, and Pastor Josiah. I woke up at 5.30 a.m. Sunday and immediately began thinking of the May 30th service at Crossroads. I saw the inside of the sanctuary here and felt the presence of God strongly. All of a sudden, the lights dimmed ever so slightly. And I saw the Holy Spirit rising like a giant to these beautiful wooden rafters, spreading his wings and installing himself there as a covering. I immediately thought of Psalm 91, where God promised that those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him, for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. And folks, I just saw God spreading his wings here over this place. <clears throat> his faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night nor the arrows that fly in the day. I saw that outside a terrible storm began to rage, but everything was safe and dry inside crossroads. <clears throat> then I saw other churches, their ceilings begin to crack in the storm. And the terrible winds blew the rain through the cracks, and the people inside were scared and miserable. They said, where can we go? And God showed them crossroads. As they hurried on foot towards your sanctuary, there were many unsaved people outside along the way, cowering in fear from the storm. They said to them, come with us. God has shown us a place of refuge and safety and he will keep you safe there. The people in Crossroads were immersed, Michelle, in intense worship. As the newcomers streamed in, they paused very briefly, y'all paused very briefly, to smile and welcome the newcomers and give them a brief hug, but then returned to what you were here for, to worship the Most High. And God's presence was powerful in this place. And everyone was caught up in his presence. And then there was utter quiet. The people all wondered, what's next? And the word of the Lord came, saying, I will establish a signpost to guide you. You will not be lost on your journey, nor will you tarry in the wilderness. For my kingdom is at hand, and I have much preparation I am entrusting you as a congregation to do. Hear the word of the Lord. Don't be distracted by the storms outside. Ignore politics and the news. They are neither relevant or real in this late hour. I will show you what is really going on and what you can trust. I will guide you through. There's one other thing I wanted to share from uh, two weeks ago. As the light dimmed, I was trying to figure out what was going on. Because it was a pleasant experience. 
And I felt like it was a Holy Spirit generator kicking on at that moment. Reliance on the power from man would cease at that moment. From then on, the power was provided by God. <clears throat> and when I was kidding Pastor Josiah about stealing my thunder, I, I met him in person for the first time today. And God gave me a love for this brother. There's only one thing I don't like about him. He has all that beautiful hair and he chooses to shave two-thirds of it off. <laughs> Rock it while you got it, brother. You never know. <clears throat> My father passed away at 87 and a half, and he had a beautiful head of hair like uh, Josiah's daddy did. And I said, Dad, you know, thanks for the stuff you're leaving me, but could you just leave me that, <laughs> that one thing? You know, there's some things that you, you, know, you just can't control in life. But what can you control in life? You can control who you put in control of your life. And Pastor Josiah, why did God call you to major in what you majored in? I'm going to tell you why. The world is trying to force their version of multiculturalism on us. But God says, my ways are not your ways. And I see this place filled with people of color, black, white, brown. God's the one who chose their colors before the foundation of the earth. And God's going to be the one that's going to fill this place with a body that is representative of the community in which this uh, fellowship is placed. There's not just going to be white. There's not just going to be brown. There's not just going to be black. There's going to be rich. There's going to be poor. There's going to be middle class. There's going to be young. There's going to be old. There's going to be spiritually mature. There's going to be a lot of babes in Christ. You're going to have a lot of discipleship that you've got to do, brother. But God's prepared you for that. And the friends that you made at CIU were not by mistake because they were your training ground. They were your harvesting ground. Even what you put up there as your battle plan. God was sharpening your sword during those times and those, uh, uh, in, in that season in your life and what you were doing. And I just want you to be obedient to that which God has already put on your heart. Pastor Kim, Jesus had a problem. When he went home, they didn't listen to him. They didn't honor him. But God has granted you a special dispensation. You're going home, sister. But they're going to honor you. They're going to honor you in that place. They're going to love you in that place. And you're going to fully, for the first time in your life, fully come into your own. You've known the gifts and the callings of God that God has placed upon you. And you've cried out to God in your secret place. And you've, got, and you've said, God, will there ever be a time, will there ever be a season that all these things that you've placed in my heart, all these gifts that you've placed within me, that you're going to use, God? And God says, you've done well here. But that season is now. That season is now. Now, y'all, I know Pastor Tim, Pastor Kim from outside these walls. And I love and I honor this man. 
but he's not Jesus. He's got clay feet like all of us. Thank you. You know? But yet, go back to the time of Pentecost because that's the season that God is bringing you in. Jesus left, and Jesus left some really good people behind him. But what was the church saying? What now? What now? What's going to happen now? What did the church do? The church was obedient to what they were supposed to be doing now. And what did the Bible say happened? They added to their numbers daily. Pastor Josiah, during your dad's last days in this place, the world crept in whether he had a choice or not. And you got these little white ribbons on every other row. And I'm going to tell you, the day is coming very soon. You're not going to have a choice. You're going to have to take the ribbons off so that the people that God is flowing into this place are going to have a place to sit. Because in this house, God is bringing the very best of the old and the new. And Michelle, I love what God is doing in praise and worship today and worship teams and everything. But you got risers back there, hon. Where's Michelle sitting? Okay. You got risers sitting there for a purpose. Because I see an old-fashioned choir backing up your worship team. Filled with people of color, by the way. Okay? You're going to have a multicultural choir uh, up there and everything. But they are going to back up everything that you're going to do. And sister, they're going to ramp up your worship. <laughs> Amen and everything. And so, you know, uh, um, but I would just encourage you. God is bringing you, even as he did in the time of Pentecost, the people were waiting. But most importantly, the people were be, uh, obedient. And so God began to add to their numbers daily. But then what happened? God showed up. God did his thing. And brother, for you, you're going to be kind of like Toby Mac, you know. God, it's your show. I'm just going to step aside and let you go, you know. That's going to be you, brother, because God is going to show up in this place. He's going to break down the barriers. And he's going to show people this is what multiculturalism is supposed to be about. It's not what the, the world is trying to force down your throat. Because this is when my people come together and do my thing my way. And when they do things my way, God says, I will honor it. I will bless it. And I will bring power and authority upon those who are being obedient to my word. Bishop, I honor everything that you've done in your life. And a lot of people would look at the season that you're in life and anticipate that real, well, real soon... Your well done, good and faithful servant's coming. And God says, uh-uh. Because I just see you pouring yourself out. The last drop of the oil gone. And you say, okay, God, you know, I've run my race. And God says, no, nah, I've got fresh filling for you. I've got fresh oil. And even as you were speaking about the oil dripping down when you were speaking over Pastor Josiah, I just feel your, your oil your vessel being filled back up. 
Because God's going to surround you with a bunch of Timothys who need you. There's one of them. Okay? There's a bunch of new Timothys that God is going to use you to mentor. And I had the most unusual vision. You know, when you read about Noah after the flood, well, it's a good news, you know, and everything that happened there. But the thing about it was, is God just gave me a picture of Noah after he came down the ramp off the ark and everything, and he was older, and he had some of that distinguished stuff like the bishop has on his head and everything. And I saw him surrounded by his grandchildren, and Noah was pouring into them his knowledge of the things of God. And I just see you surrounded more and more by young people, your grands, both spiritual and natural, everything that's going on as you're just pouring into them. My brother over here who's rocking the bow tie. I don't know you, and I intentionally did not come over and greet you this morning because God gave me an intense word for you. We both have the same barber, but more importantly, we have the same God. Now, you know that prophecy can be past tense, present, or future. And I don't know in your case, and I want to be very straight about this, what I'm telling you is from time. But I know that God will confirm it to you. There's a season in your life where you're brought low. Really, really hard. Weaker men would have been broken. And there were those in the world that would say, you know, hey, this is a good thing. He needed to be brought low. And God humbled you in that season. But God says, I am the one who's lifting you up, who's restoring you, who's placing you in the right place that I intended for you all along. God said before, God's saying again, my ways are not your ways. But he said, my purposes are established in your life and my purposes will be accomplished and fulfilled in your life. Every word that's been spoken over you that has not yet been fulfilled, God says, I will fulfill my word. I will fulfill my promises. Those things that as you have studied my word that have been hidden in your heart, God says, I'm going to accomplish those things. And the world is going to see the negative world out there that rejoice in your suffering, they're going to see God raise you up. And there's going to be absolutely no doubt that this thing was a thing of God. One last thing I wanted to share with y'all. I see my brother in the wheelchair. I saw the lady with the oxygen here. And as I walked into this place, I see people that suffer with uh, um, carrying more weight than they should, both spiritual and in the natural and everything. And God has just shown me that why did God, why did Jesus do miracles? It wasn't just that he wanted to bless the people and heal them. Yeah, sure, of course, that was part of it. But part of it was him showing his power that he was God. And he did things that only God can do. My definition of a miracle is real simple. It's something that only God can do. And God is going to bring a spirit of healing in this place. You're going to have a reputation as a house of healing. Physical, emotional, spiritual. 
And what's going to happen is, is I just literally see the house being filled with a bunch of Forrest Gumps. And as they walk out the doors here, it's going to be run, Forrest, run. And those shackles are going to fall off their legs. And their illnesses and their diseases and their burdens are going to be released. And God says, I do this because I love you. But I also do it as a sign that I am still in this world, I am still in control. The enemy has not taken uh, authority. The enemy has not taken my place in this world for I am God and I will show myself out in this house. Amen. Thank you, my brother, Doug. You know, just because I'm moving away, we can still keep texting each other like one or two in the morning there, right? <laughs> yeah, we're crazy that way. <clears throat> but I love you, brother. You've been a friend. And in fact, let me show you just the providence of God. Has anybody in here ever heard me say everything revolves around relationship? Everything revolves around relationship. I met Doug. I had only been in town a few weeks, and Derek Gardner called me and said, Hey, there are some guys getting together planning a, a Columbia Global Day of Prayer. Why don't you go with me? Meet me at CIU, date time, whatever. I walk in. I know nobody in there but Derek Gardner. And I'm looking around the room, and there's Ken Jumper, and there's other guys that pastor large ministries here in the Columbia metro area. And I am like a fish out of water. I'm thinking, I am so out of my element right here. I'm the new kid in town. I've got a small ministry that I'm pastoring, and these are like, you know, the Babe Ruths and Hank Aarons, and these are the big hitters. And somehow we said, I think they had folding tables set in a square. And I sat down, and this guy's beside me, and we just strike up conversation. His name was Doug Jolly. And here we are all these years later, and we just kind of hit it off. Don't tell me God doesn't put you in the right place at the right time with the right people because he will, and everything revolves around relationship. Well, we got two more things to do, and we're going to do those very, very swiftly. Uh, we're going to have a baby dedication because it was requested that uh, the world's greatest papa on the planet <laughs> dedicate uh, Mr. Ezra Neal. So whoever's going to join us up here, all the Hodge family that is here, come on up front. Let's gather around. Oh, my goodness, you better get in that bottle back. He's got that look coming on his face. Oh, goodness. I'm a blessed man. I got an awesome wife. I got some okay kids. They all married up, thank goodness. But I do have some really, really, really amazing grandbabies. No, I love my kids, all of you.
you guys. Kendall up in Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah, she's going to be giving birth in September, having a little boy. Sailor's thumbs down on that because Sailor needs another little girl cousin in the family. All in due time, baby. But uh, God has blessed us. We love all of our kids. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, our daughter's in love. We love them just like their flesh and blood. They know that. They know if anybody messes with them, uh, Tim Hodge is going to come and handle business on their behalf. <clears throat> and I can do it, too. Bishop, do we have a, like a ministerial bail account? Get ministers out of jail? <laughs> just playing, just playing. <clears throat> I used to say I used to carry around the crossroads plastic, but now I got to give that up. So uh, I just realized I have no job. I'm unemployed. <clears throat> Today we're going to bless this baby. And we take as a precedent, I personally take it as a precedent, when Hannah was childless, she made a covenant with God. She said, God, if you'll bless my womb that has been childless, she said, if you give me a child, give me a son, when I wean him, I will give him back to you. And sure enough, God opened her womb. God blessed she and Elkanah, her husband, with the child Samuel. And in those days, Israel was in a very difficult place spiritually, not having any fresh words from the Lord. And lo and behold, when Samuel was just a boy, because I believe of his mom's faith and dedication to keep her into the covenant, Samuel began to hear the voice of the Lord. In fact, 1 Samuel chapter 3 says the word of the Lord was rare in those days. But the end of that chapter says that when Samuel spoke, None of his words fell to the ground because he was so sensitive to hearing the voice of the Lord. So today as a precedent, we acknowledge this baby, Ezra Neil Hodge. As beautiful as he is and as precious as he is and as awesome as his mommy and daddy are, were it not for the gift of God, we would not have this baby. And we acknowledge he is here for purposes. God spoke to the prophet Jeremiah, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you, and I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. And I fully expect the legacy and heritage that flows down through the Blees Hodge families. This child will be a voice for God in his generation as all of our little grandchildren. To be such. So you don't have to stand, but if you would just agree with me together in prayer, I'm going to anoint him. <clears throat> Poor little thing never gets any love. <laughs> Michelle, what are you doing up there, girl? Why are y'all not down here? <laughs> Father God, today. We thank you for this precious little man-child. Today, I anoint his head with oil as a symbol of the Holy Spirit resting upon him. God, I pray that these great strong gifts that's going to match his already little strong-willed personality, 
his little adamant forehead as you spoke to the prophet Ezekiel. Sometimes we need a strong outer shell to charge head first into what the Lord is calling us to do. So Lord, his head may be adamant, but his heart will be soft. His heart will be sensitive to the needs of others. His heart will be sensitive to the voice and the spirit of God. But his head will be hardened so that what his heart receives, he can run forward and not be too tender or delicate that he can't accomplish the designs of God on his life. So, Lord, we bless this child today. We call forth your kingdom purposes over him. And, Lord, we bless him. We pray that you would make him healthy, wealthy, and wise. And again, Lord, a voice, a trumpet to his generation. Bless his mommy and his daddy with wisdom as they nurture him and guide him in the, in the years to come as he grows in the things of God. And, Lord, bless all of his little cousins and call forth their purposes for you and your kingdom in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, y'all show some love for little Ezra. There's little Ezra, a little Bible. And there's a little certificate of his dedication. Poor Mimi got to suffer for Jesus now. Okay, media folks, we're going to acknowledge our graduates. So do we have, is that a PowerPoint or is it a video? Video? Okay, let, let her rip then. Come on, Sydney, you can come on in here with me. Y'all show me, Sydney, some love. I'm so, so proud of you, dear. <clears throat> okay, we'll give you a moment. Sydney's young. She can stand up here and be pretty. Oh, okay. No problem. We'll wait on you guys. Everybody's up there taking pictures anyway. Okay, I was doing good. Uh, Sydney's always had a special place in, in our heart because when we came here, she, she was a little tiny thing, four years old. And I was doing good with that until her mama put a picture of her was it when she was four and now her graduation her being a senior it's up there yeah so that one and it was like oh man and then her nana her grandmother had to remind me that I have been her pastor from kindergarten all the way through high school Amen. and then I got tore up man then I got tore up. Sorry, Sydney. <laughs> so we've watched Sydney through the years grow. And uh, 
to her gymnastics and always encouraged her and applauded her whenever she had an accomplishment. She is a, a dedicated young lady, and we bless her today. But I never knew your name was Julia until they gave me this paper, okay? But I'm not going to call her Julia because she may hit me in the back of the head. I don't know, all right? But we're going to call her Sydney like we always do. Sydney is a member of the class of 2021 of River Bluff High School. Gators, right? Yes. She is a member of the National Honor Society. Yes. <laughs> Candidate for the Seal of Bioliteracy. Candidate for Teaching Fellows. Teacher Cadet. World Language and Teaching Training District Majors, GPA of 4.48. She got that from her mama, her daddy, and her grandmothers. She ain't getting nothing from that from Lamont, though. I'm going to tell you that right now. Yeah, I, was, I had to wait and save me a Lamont joke. I'm going to tell you, I made Lamont famous internationally, y'all, because I was told by Norman and Teresa when he and Miss Donna were going to visit Malaysia, people over there couldn't wait to meet Lamont Fry because they needed to know who Pastor Tim kept talking about on the Internet. Thank you. You owe me, brother, weird as I am or not, all right? So back to you, Sydney. She is an honor graduate. She has been accepted to all seven colleges she has applied to. Get this, though. She has been offered over $154,000 in scholarship money. <laughs> Trust me, your mom and daddy knew that, baby. <clears throat> she is a Columbia College junior scholar. Plans to attend Columbia College in the fall to major in elementary education and speech language pathology. Folks, I present to you Miss Julia Sidney Fry. Sydney, you were cute as a button when we came here in that little picture. And, and you, <clears throat> you have grown to become a beautiful young lady. Not just on the outside, but on the inside. So accept this gift from Crossroads Road Outreach Center, to which I am no longer the pastor. I'm just a representative. <clears throat> but we love you, and we're proud of you. And I'm going to give you a hug. and Forget COVID for a moment. And I, I guess the Lord has given Doug a word for you. Sydney, I don't know you, but I know that your mama gave you a challenge when she named you because you've had to explain to everybody how your name is really spelled. <laughs> and, you, yeah. and your mama has obviously pushed you with what I've just heard in the natural, but mama didn't really have to push you because God put a drive within you to push yourself. And what you've accomplished thus far is because of the drive and the intelligence and the things that God has placed within you. But the key thing in that sentence is God. And you need to know that 70% of people, of young people who grow up in a good Christian home and go off to college at a secular university, 
they lose their way with God. And God is challenging you today as you head off to Columbia College, which is a great school. But there's a lot of people there that don't know God. And they're going to challenge you to get out of your lane and to stop walking as fiercely as you are called to do in the things of God. And so I challenge you today, like your mama did when she gave you that name, to live up to the name that God has given you. In Revelations, it says that God gives us a name that only you and God know. But God says that name for you is called one. I have called you. I have chosen you. I have called you to be a leader among your generation to lead people out of darkness and into my marvelous light, says the Lord. Do not walk away from me, says God. You'll be tempted. You'll be tempted. And God says, don't be among the majority. Be among the minority that chooses me and doesn't walk away. Amen. Would you just stretch your hand towards Sydney today and let's pray over her. Father, we thank you for this, this precious young lady, Sydney Fry. And uh, she is a treasure to us, not just her family, but as a faith family, she is a treasure to us. And Lord, we bless her today in the name of Jesus. God, we pray a fresh anointing for this upcoming season of life, college-level education. She is a dedicated, committed student. But Lord, I pray that she would continue to excel, that her focus would not just be on the natural things, but Lord, I pray you to continue to give her spiritual understanding, wisdom, insight, and revelation in her walk with you. And God, we bless her in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sydney. We love you. And we have two more that are not here with us today, but we're going to acknowledge them. We have next Miss Melina McCall. Now, many of you uh, may not know Melina, but she, Tony, and Deb, her parents, are, they are part of our online congregation, actually. And when I say everything revolves around relationship, her mom and dad attended our church in Charleston. And so several years back, they moved to the Orangeburg area, bought a farm. They've been heavily involved in fostering. Uh, by the way, congratulations to Timothy and Leah Reese. Where, uh, they have their first assignments as foster parents. We're so I didn't see you back there, Leah, my bad. But Tony and Deb have had a heart for fostering. Even uh, before they were married, Deb was a single mom, and she was a single mom and had foster kids. So we've known them for years and years. And so when they, they showed up here one Sunday and told us they had moved closer, well, they've gotten involved with Pastor Betty, and they come one day a week uh, to help Pastor Betty with the outreach ministry, and they take food back to give out through our outreach ministry in the Orangeburg area, in Orangeburg County. That is awesome. So uh, the kids come. It's not just Deb and Tony. They, they teach their kids how to work. That's a good thing. But Melina McCall... She was adopted out of the foster care system and has achieved academic excellence. 
Melina is graduating high school from the Christian Homeschoolers Association of South Carolina in June. Melina has been on honor roll since middle school and currently high school. Melina has awards in 4-H robotics, child development, community service awards, student of integrity award, basketball award, above and beyond awards, agricultural development and workforce awards, and honor roll awards. Melina will pursue a Pathways internship program with the USDA. Melina will continue a career in agricultural science, technology, and business. Uh, Melina's favorite scripture is Philemon 1.6. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. So y'all just put your hands together. I don't know if Deb and Tony are watching it live online. Out of, they're out in Colorado visiting family with the kids. But uh, even if y'all catch this later, Deb and Tony, uh, Melina, we love you. We are proud of you. And thank you for everything that you're doing and with your life to touch the lives of others. And our final one today that we will acknowledge is Mr. Matthew McCall of the same family. Now, several years ago during Pastor's Appreciation Day, in fact, I think it was right not long after we found out Tony and Deb had moved to Orangeburg and they came up for the service that day and they brought kids with them. And, and young Matthew... When we had a line, Kim and I stood up here and people walked through and they were shaking our hands, hugging our necks and had a basket and people were dropping gifts in. Matthew walked up to me and he held out a $1 bill as a gift to me. Now, some people may think, it's just $1, Tim Hodge. What's the big deal? To Matthew, that may have been his only dollar. And at first, I wasn't going to take it. <clears throat> and I, I refused. And finally, Miss Kim leaned over and said, take the young man's gift. And then it hit me, if I don't allow him to give that, I may be closing up a blessing for him. So I took it. And that thing sat on my nightstand for probably over a year. And every time I saw it, when I was getting my keys or bishop a knife, off of my nightstand, I saw that dollar. I would lay my hands on that dollar, and I would ask the Lord to bless Matthew. Matthew is a very, very tremendous and special young man who God is going to use greatly in the kingdom because he's got such a tender heart for the Lord. And I just release that word over you today, Matthew, in the name of the Lord. Matthew McCall was adopted out of the foster care system and achieved academic excellence. He is graduating high school from the South Carolina Connections Academy in June. Matthew has been an honor roll student from elementary, middle, and currently high school. Matthew has awards in basketball, JV, and varsity triathlon awards, workforce awards, ag discovery program, USDA award, and community service awards. Leadership Awards in 4-H Robotics and Culinary Arts. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Culinary? That means eating, right? Matthew, you holding out on that now. Culinary Arts and Honor Roll Awards. Matthew has been accepted to multiple colleges, but he has chosen to either serve 
in the United States Navy or to attend the Citadel? Matthew's favorite scripture, Matthew 21, 22, and whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Would you put your hands together today and let's honor Mr. Matthew. And Matthew and Melina, we honor you guys, even though you're not with us today. I do have gifts for you that you will be getting in the mail, maybe waiting for you back on the farm when you guys get back to South Carolina. Amen? God is good. And all the time. How many of y'all blessed by today? Yes. How many of you Crossroad folks are excited about your future under your next season of leadership? I remind you, this is a God thing. It's a God appointment. It's a God assignment. Amen. Your executive council prayed, sought the heart of God, and they went through due diligence with resumes and whatnot, and uh, God kept speaking. Maybe sometimes Pastor Charlie will say how him and God wrestled one night with that. He'll tell you that story. But God specifically told him at 2 or 3 in the morning or something like that, that Josiah Hodge was to be the next pastor of Crossroads Road Outreach Center. Thank God for leaders that can hear the voice of the Lord. So, Father, today, in the name of Jesus, I bless this congregation. And I say, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord make his countenance rise upon you and give you peace, shalom, prosperity, success, well-being, and faring well, wholeness, and health. And may it come from heaven in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right, I love y'all. Pastor Josiah, come up here and dismiss your congregation, sir. Thank you for everyone being here today. You are dismissed. <laughs> I, I guess that's what he wanted from me. <laughs> love you guys. Looking forward to the future. <laughs>